Welcome to your podcast, Leadership is Tricky, where we'll tackle various topics, challenges, and experiences as it relates to your investment in leadership. So, let's design success together. Now your hosts. Hey, welcome back to Leadership is Tricky. What's going on, Stephen? Nothing much, man. How you doing, Eric? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing doing very well. Um, it's been a long day, so... Um, you know, I'm sitting in my basement tonight, and I know it's probably what mid afternoon where you're at. Yeah, and I'm wearing short sleeves, and it looks like you're wearing a hoodie, so maybe a little bit of different climate too. <laughs> it's cold, man. <laughs> I'm down here like a cave troll, you know. That's it's finally getting better here. So uh, happy spring is around the corner, man. Hope it is for you soon. Oh yeah, I mean, I spent uh, a couple hours on the golf course today. It's about 54 degrees. There you um, go. Yeah, started with a beanie, and then I, you know, broke out of the the different layers as it as the day went on. But Sweet. it's cold, man. Get the vitamin D when you can, for sure. Right. So today we're going to talk about our firstborns, um, right? And should they be leading? Um, you know, within uh, our, our family dynamics here, we both have uh, uh, our firstborns are girls. Yeah. Um, you have a you have a son and I have a, a uh, <laughs> another daughter um, who uh, I'm telling you, if she was the first. She'd be the she'd be a single child, but she'd be the first and only. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. She she's yeah. A, she's a handful. But yeah. So I'll let you I'll let you kind of lead the way with this one today. And uh, yeah, let's talk about our firstborns. Yeah. So, you know, way too many psychologists, psychiatrists, child therapy folks and those that have always looked at sociology in general, they've always looked at firstborns as the inherent leader of, you know, the siblings. And then as they proceed in life, you know, there's like this, you know, natural tendency for them to become that innate leader. And something that we aspire to, at least on leadership is tricky is, you know, leadership somewhat intrinsic to, to folks, but we think it's a learned skill and behavior. Like anybody can be a leader. And that's something that we always want to profess. Um, so, I think the first point I wanted to make was, you know, even myself as a firstborn, I think naturally as you grow up and you're reared by your parents, um, either single, you know, dual, whatever, um, there are moments where you're told like, watch your brother, watch your sister, um, as the parents have to go take care of something else as you get older. Um, so I think you're just thrown into the deep end and you have to figure things out just on the fly. Um, somewhat like, life truly is. So you're always the experiment as well. Um, Cause your parents typically with that first kid, they have no idea. They've read every book, you know, maybe went to every class, watched every video, right. whatever it happens to be. And they're trying to figure out alongside you as well. So I know I said a lot of things there. The focus area there is the firstborn just unfortunately happens to have to be in that situation where they just, are either thrown into it, they are figuring it out as they go, and then the resilience is built as they, you know, march through that path of life. Um, it's, it's funny you, know, it's you say that though, because it's, it's exactly what happened to my my firstborn yesterday. So we dropped oh, them yeah. off to to do their very first horse riding lesson, right? I know it's going to sound bad. Yes, my kids do every activity. Um, you know, we, they're, they're fortunate to be in a place now where we, we could throw that stuff at them, but. You know, I looked at my daughter, Linnea, and I was like, hey, you need to watch your sister. Um, you need to make sure she's OK. You know, so <laughs> she had to be focused. I, we thought about it later. Me and my wife were talking about it. But, you know, she now she has to be focused on making sure her her sister is safe, you know, secure, 
um, listening right to the instructor where, you know, she probably couldn't just fully divest her or invest herself in the activity. So we felt kind of bad, but, you know, we, we do that all the time, you know, and so yeah. I didn't think of it until you brought this topic up of let's talk about our firstborns and how we thrust them into this leadership role um, and maybe unfairly. Right. Um, I, I fortunately, you know, was not a firstborn. Right. I have an older sister and uh, growing up, she was she was the caretaker. Right. I was a latchkey kid. You know, I came home. She made sure that, uh, you know, I ate my beanies and weenies and you know, did my homework and, you know, parents work late. So sometimes she'll put me to bed. You know, that's a lot of responsibility to put on on kids. But um, I wonder, you know, why that is, though. I mean, is it just born out of necessity where we're like, hey, you know, both parents are working and or, you know, if there's a single parent, um, you know, if it's just your, your next next man up mentality, maybe that's what it is. I mean, yeah. So I did it this morning as well. My wife and I were getting ready in our re- in our bathroom, just kind of getting ready for the day. Kids were up eating breakfast. We put a movie on. We tell our oldest, "Hey, watch your little brother." Why did I do that? Probably because she's older, right? I mean, that that happens to be. The, but what, who's watching her? Right. And we we make an assumption when we tell the oldest in that moment that you're okay. You need to watch said individual, but you know, nobody needs to watch you. And maybe that's a fallacy on behalf of parents everywhere. And I think it's a necessary fallacy. I think it's something that you just inherently have to do because, you know, parents are the formal leaders, if you will, of of a family unit. They can't be everywhere all the time. And it's the delegation and the empowerment to the next next person up. If it's a boy or a girl, you know, it's your turn to, you know, jump in the deep end, be for a moment a parent, you know, I, I hate to say that loosely. Um, our daughter is now six. It's not like she was going to burn the house down. We fully trusted her in that moment. Um, but we're only talking, you know, a handful of minutes um, at best of just her watching, you know, her little brother. Um, no, as you, as you say, as you're saying that though, I'm thinking in my head right now and I didn't want to lose the thought is that yeah. we put them in that position, but then we don't give them all of the authority and power all of the time. Right. It's only like, Oh no, here you can take a little bit of screaming. You're out there. <laughs> or, you know, I find my oldest uh, talking to my youngest and, you know, then we'll, we'll jump in and be like, Hey, you're not the mother. Right. Or, you know, uh, we're, we're the parent. Right. And then she's confused. She's looking at us. So now I think I'm kind of looking at myself now. Like, am I a bad parent? <laughs> no, you just my. So I just had that thought because we keep telling our daughter, our oldest, you know, stop being the parent, stop telling him what to do. You don't have to do that. Take on that responsibility because she gets so frustrated right. when he doesn't listen to her. And then there's the screaming, there's the fighting, there's the whatever ensuing. And we tell her all the time, you're the kid, we're the parent. But am I being hypocritical right now? Like, am I having a breakthrough moment with you, Eric? Like, this is absolutely this is right I'm now. telling you, I'm seeing Crap. myself on the screen right now. Like, man. Oh, man. Yeah, because, um, you know, my, my oldest is, uh, so I'll say her name, Linnea, right? So Linnea is one of those kids that um, extremely bright, extremely intelligent. I know all parents say that about their kids, but, you know. She, she, she truly is. Right. So she um, 
follows the rules. She is a rule follower. She's just like my, my, my wife who is German and my wife follows the rules, right? She is, she's in lockstep. Like we're going to do the same thing at seven 30 every day, right? We're getting out the (laughs) door, right? You know, we're brushing our teeth, we're eating our food. It's everything's regimented, um, which is good because I'm the complete opposite. I'm kind of, I just flow in and out of life. But Linnea loves structure. And when there is no structure or the, or, or there's a ripple in the matrix, Uh, She goes off the deep end. Right. So my youngest is probably 10 times as bad as I am in which she moves to her own beat. Right. So I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm not going to rush. She's kind of the the hippie of the family. Um, So so they're they're constantly in in conflict of each other. Um, And yeah, I mean, we see it, you know, she I think now that she's about to turn eight. And um, her sister, who's five, um, they, you know, because we've told her over and over again, it's like, hey, you know, watch your sister or go, you know, go play with your sister or, um, hey, we're, we're going to run over here real quick. You know, you keep an eye on. Right. Or, or even in the morning. Right. They come down and, and Linnea will make her breakfast and um, they'll sit, they'll have breakfast, they'll clean up their plates and, you know, all that. But she's like in that role of the third parent um, yeah. until it's not convenient for us because they're about to kill each other upstairs something because, uh, you know, Alina, the, the, the baby does not listen. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have to re relook the way I'm, I'm doing my, yeah. my parenting business, but yeah, maybe we well, are hypocritical. So this podcast is going a different direction than what I thought. Oh man, it's just therapy. <laughs> I'm going to have to lay on this couch behind me. Well, here's the thing too. So I'm a firstborn and you know, I see what I'm doing to my daughter was kind of done to me. I had a brother that he was born literally uh, less than one year. So we're the same age for two days out of the year. And we've always been very close. Not to say my third brother or my my uh, other sibling, the third uh, son isn't also, but we grew up having the same birthday parties, the same experiences in life, everything really, until we got into our formative years where I was driving first and going to middle and high school and all that stuff. But, you know, we, we watch home videos every now and then. And it's, it's me at like this thing where we're building something and I'm like telling him what to do in the moment. And you said it earlier with the horse riding, like I maybe wasn't fully engaged just for myself. I was making sure he was taken care of first. And then I got to build the little contraption or whatever it was that they were filming at the time. Um, I, I don't want my daughter to miss out on just having that like present moment. Like it's all about her too. Right. Like, so she can be a little selfish because she's the kid. She shouldn't have to have, you know, the responsibilities of watching her sibling. Um, so, so let me ask this well, question then. How's your relationship yeah. with your, your, your brother now? So now, so we, we, we talk often, we probably talk more often than my youngest sibling, which I think it is what it is. Um, and he comes to me for a lot of advice. So I right. think I've always been that confidant of his and his wife even told me too. She's like, he's like, he'll do anything you tell him to do. I'm like, well, I don't want that responsibility, but it's, it's true. Right. And not in a bad way. Like I don't take advantage. I'll, I'll put that out there fully. So people don't think I'm manipulating my brother. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we've always had that bond. Um, and I, it's vice versa. Like he was the parent before I was a parent, which is really interesting too. Um, he had a, you know, he had kids way back in the day before I did. I just unfortunately found my, my wife later in life. 
Um, so I've had to go to him and I can reverse role, so to speak, and basically take his lead on how do you rear a child? How do you take care of a baby and a family unit and all of those things? So that's been interesting. It's interesting because like, uh, you know, so I have two younger brothers, right? One, uh, my brother Hector, he, um, he, how old is that? He's probably about eight years younger than I am. And, uh, you know, me and my sister were two years apart. So, you know, my, my sister and I, we share, uh, mother, father, right. Um, and then I've got my other brother who is my stepbrother, you know, we, we don't use those terms in our family, but you know, and then we I got my youngest brother who is, you know, same father, you know, different mother. Right. So, you know, we're like patchwork Skittles family. Um, yeah, but, uh, I love the analogy. It's great. Yeah. My, my brother who's, who's eight years apart. I mean, we spent a lot of time together, him following me around all over the neighborhood, my parents having me watch him all the time, right? So I had to fall into that, that uh, you know, kind of first um, born role because at some point, me and my sister, my sister stayed with my mother, and then um, you know, I stayed, you know, I went off to to live with my father, and and um, and then you know, there was this new patchwork dynamic. Um, but yeah, you know, he'd follow me around the neighborhood. We play all kinds of sports, all this type, all, all this type of stuff. But he and I, when we looked back now, I mean, we're extremely close, right? Because he always looked up to me, oh, you know, big bro, this and that. But then, you know, my youngest, youngest brother, I left the house when he was four. Like, I went to go live my life as an adult when he was four years old. But I was there, you know, rocking, rocking him as a baby, changing his diapers, all that type of stuff. And, you know, we still look at him in the family. I do anyways, is the baby, right? He is the baby. Um, So, um, but yeah, now when I look back, though, I mean, I spent a lot of time watching kids um, in that role, right? Where, yeah, when I'm out and about, I want to be with my friends. But now I've got, you know, the I've got the responsibility. Uh, yeah, he's like an ankle <laughs> bracelet, you know, it's like, man, I can't go too far. I can't go too wild. Right. I got to go check back in. Right. Make sure he's alive. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. I won't say that it was resentment at any point. Well, but you felt limited in what you could do, you know. I want to ask you. So I want to pull the string on that. So you said an ankle bracelet. Um, I still feel like you had a choice. So maybe your parents made it sound like you didn't because they told you watch your brother do this, do that. But I think at the end of the day, you still had a choice, especially with the youngest um, when you were a lot older. What made you choose to even have the responsibility in the first place? What was it about caring for your siblings? That's I think it's an interesting question. I know you're going to put me on the spot, but um, you're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a choice. I could have said no. All right. I, I, it's not something I want to do, but I mean, you, you love your family, right? You yeah. want to help contribute and you want to fill those gaps, you know? Um, now that you look back on it, I mean, it was necessary, right? Both my parents were working, um, you know, who else was going to watch them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, there was something about like something in you that said, I want to be in this role because you could have came back and maybe done a a horrible job. Something bad could have happened. Your parents would have had to figure out yet another strategy because they're the parents. still. at the end of the day, you're not the parents. Right. They might've found a babysitter, found another way to, I don't know, work-life balance, doing something different. Um, So I'm just saying like, why did you feel like it was you versus anybody else? And I think when you you go back right to what we kind of started with, with this episode was like, 
you know, the, the firstborn role, right? And then yeah. having to lead or being thrusted into some type of leadership capacity, whether it was formal, informal. In this case, it's informal, right? Because you don't have any formal authority. You can't make them do anything. Um, but my, my hypothesis is that it's, I think it was attractive to you that your parents even empowered and trusted you with those words of watch your brother, you know, take care of your brother. And I think that's extremely powerful for any leader. If it's like what we're talking about now with firstborns or even in your professional environment with your team, like the moment that you have that moment with somebody else and you give them a little bit of the leash, so to speak, and let them go off and handle something extremely important, like the life of a person in this instance, um, there was this, I, I think, maybe that was attractive to you and that, that helped build your confidence in that rearing kind of capability and taking care of your brother. And then you saw some other probably added benefit. Um, albeit, I'm sure there were moments where you were like, God, I wish I could just go off and do what I want to do. Right. I don't want this added, you know, responsibility, go back home, whatever. Um, and just go be with your friends and be a little selfish for that moment. But um, I still think there was something about it that was intriguing to you. I think so. Right. Now that you say it like that, like I want to start crying here. I mean, you know, my eyes are getting water. I'm getting a little warm on the inside. I'm not paying for this session, by the way, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think about it with my daughter because we just had that moment about 10 minutes ago where we said maybe we're talking out both sides of our mouth. But I feel like I'm really trusting her a lot, too, when I do those micro leader moments with her and say, hey, can you watch your brother? Hey, can you show him how to do right. this? Hey, can you go upstairs and play with them while we do this? Um, or like they go off in the backyard and just mess around and get dirty and stuff. It's just those micro moments will add up. And I think one day it's all going to prove beneficial. And I think the challenge here, you know, we're talking about firstborns, but it has to be reversed as well. And you can't forget about if you happen to have other children, other members of your family unit, you've got to do it with the other ones too. You right. Know? Yeah. So since you are a firstborn, right. And you have this relationship with your brother, was there ever a time that you failed or that you look back on and you like, damn, I wish I had that moment back. Uh, yeah. So my turn to be on the spot. Right. I think in high school when we were both, like I said, a year apart, I was driving. He was just about like 14, 15. I was 16. Um, there were plenty of moments that I became very selfish, especially like after school, I was the ride home right. where I'd make him go sit out in the car waiting for me because I had to go and do whatever I had to do because he wasn't important to me at that moment. Um, Scott, if you're listening out there, I don't know if you are or not, but yeah, like that that's a huge regret of mine. I wish I would have paid more attention to that because he's brought it up to me and I was a little bit taken aback and this was, you know, years ago when we had this chat, but you know, with great power comes great, great responsibility. I think that's the cliche phrase here that rings true. Um, especially for siblings that look up to other siblings, right. you know, you, you got to balance the selfishness versus, you know, they're, they're really counting on you also. And that's a huge task in and of itself. And you can't take it lightly. You just can't. And um, thank God, like I didn't break, all of the trust that we might've had in the relationship that we had. So I, I know of plenty of examples that I've read about online too, where, you know, it, it has come to that where whatever choice that older sibling or whatever made, um, they've totally, you know, um, 
singled themselves out from, from either a sibling family unit, whatever. And unfortunately it's hard to come back from that. Um, you know, there's parables in the Bible. If you're religious out there about this, about the firstborn returning back to the family after the rest of the family works hard and toils and they have this big feast and celebration and there's some jealousy there and stuff, but it's, it's huge. You know, you gotta, you gotta always have the open arms and, um, you know, just ensure that the, I think this, the person always had the best of intentions, albeit we all are fallible. You know, we all have our, our, our moments of not being our best selves. Let's just say. Right. Yeah, and it's almost like uh, Bruno from Encanto, right? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that, which again, that will be a potential conversation of ours. Um, but yeah, like that, that moment in that movie at the end, it's, it's jarring when Abuela gives him a hug, like, God, right. it's just right by the river too. And it was just a great moment. Sometimes you just got to be that way. Right. No, yeah. I mean, we, we watch that movie all the time here and, you know, it, it makes <laughs> you reflect on yourself a little bit. Right. Um, no. So, so I had to ask that question cause it, you know, it, it went through my head, um, especially with my, 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 uh, brother, uh, Hector who, um, you know, and, and I won't tell anybody this, but you know, he's my favorite. Um, but <laughs> so everybody keep it a secret, right? No, not so much my favorite, but we, we are probably the closest. Right. And there was yeah. a time when, um, I used to hate him following me around. I used to hate it. Right. Um, because I wanted to hang out with my friends and there was always this little kid next to me all the time. Right. Until he wasn't. So we went out to go play baseball one day, um, right across from our apartment and, uh, out there with my buddies. And I told my brother, just hang out next to me. And that's why I said until he wasn't because I looked down and he was gone. Um, and, uh, I looked up and he was running behind a guy, um, that was swinging the bat at that moment and dinged him in the forehead and, uh, hit him pretty hard. Um, and next, you know, there's blood everywhere coming down and I picked him up, carried him upstairs. My dad swung the door open. It was like, you know, saying all kinds of choice words and say, you wait here and took him to the hospital. Um, Uh. and, uh, he had to get stitches and he still has like the Harry Potter type scar on his forehead. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and every time I see him and I see that scar, I feel so guilty. Right. Because, because he was entrusted, he was under my care. Right. And I had that responsibility was thrusted upon me and I failed him in that moment because I wanted to hang out with friends and, and, you know, play baseball And, and to be quite honest, none of those friends are around, but my yep. brother is right. So that's one of the ones that I look back on and, and I wish I could get that moment back. One to, you know, you know, save him from some pain. Um, and then, um, yeah, just, just so I didn't have to carry that around forever. Like, you know, um, you know, I was caring, feeding for him when he got back from the hospital and all over. I'm like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sure, man. You know, even to this day when I see that little, again, that Harry Potter scar, I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> I did that to him, you know. Have you told him this? Uh, probably not. I'm probably going to call him after this. I'm yeah. feeling a certain type of way after this conversation. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. We're having all these breakthroughs right now, everybody. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go upstairs and tell my daughter. I was like, I appreciate you. Thank you for uh, always looking out for your sister. But so, no. so speaking of that, I guess one final comment I'll make is, and I hope our listeners get this, is that it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl as the firstborn. Um, it's agnostic of that. I mean, maybe society treats, you know, firstborn males and females differently, but I think the context that we're putting out there today, it, it it doesn't matter. It's, it's 
the role that's thrusted upon said sibling or said child. I mean, it just happens to be that way. Um, and I know studies will show that firstborns tend to do X, Y, and Z, but I think, I think it's important to, to do it with all of your said children or siblings or whatever it happens to be. And if you can make the jump to like the team that you potentially are leading or the folks that you surround yourself with professionally, um, in your, you know, personal network outside of work, if it's social clubs and organizations or whatever else that you're involved with, um, you know, just entrusting those to do those little, those micro leader moments that I'm talking about. I think it's, it's critical and important to any development and relationship building. Yeah. I mean, what do I say after that, Steven? I mean, that was, that was beautifully said. Um, yeah, but if we stay with the gender piece of it too, right? Because we both have daughters that mm-hmm. are our firstborns. Um, and you know, there's, there's times where, um, her teachers have said that she's bossy. Oh, it drives me nuts. Right. Even when she was in kindergarten, you know, she's she's directing the flow of, of play and traffic. Right. <laughs> Within the kindergarten. Yeah. Um, but what, what I have found, though, is that ever since we we had um, our second child, that she has truly um, uplifted herself into like this leadership you know, all these competencies and qualities that we, we look for in leaders. She has those at such a young age. And I keep, I, I try to tell her all the time and I don't know how you, how you do it with your, with your child, but um, I tell her every day, you know, be smart, be beautiful, be calm um, and be brave and continue to lead. Right. Don't let anyone tell you that you're being bossy or, or any of that. Right. Because if it was a male and again, this is Eric's opinion, right? We wouldn't say those things. We'd say, "Oh, he's he's captain of the football team. He's material, right? He's he's gonna you know lead his you know lead his frat you know to to to, to prosperity and stuff like that." But you know, when it when it comes to girls, I think there is kind of a, a different uh, stigma that's placed on on them, right? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But I know with with, with my daughter, I try to empower her to and, and kind of um, encourage her. Um, to go ahead and live up to her potential and be a leader in any moment. Yeah. So, so our family's all boys. I mean, my, my parents had all boys, so I didn't have that perspective until I had a daughter and I only have one daughter, but being a girl dad, and if you are a girl dad out there, you get this and maybe it's in Western society. I don't know. Cause maybe there are some societies that that comment that you talked about that you heard from her teacher wouldn't even exist, Right. Um, but it does. And we have to be real about that. And I have to remind my daughter, Kayla, constantly about that. Um, I don't think she's old enough yet to have those opportunities. Uh, she's a, you know, a, share, a, a shade younger than your oldest. Um, but now that she's doing some sports and, and activities outside of school with teams, um, she's learning what that looks like. And what's interesting right now, just a, a, a personal story, she's on a t-ball team right now, and she's the only girl on it. And it's interesting so far what the dynamic is because it's a lot of boys, obviously that's what I'm mentioning and they haven't had a first game yet. And I'm curious to watch how that's going to unfold so far at the practices. She's been very engaging. I even, you know, they went through the first round of like how to hit and run to first base. Like that's a huge monumental step forward for five and six year olds. Right. And uh, she was playing the pitcher position, which typically when you think baseball, like that's where everything starts. 
And she got to throw one person out. Like she actually grounded the ball and threw it to first base. And the kid fortunately caught the grounder or whatever that came to him. And they got the, the runner out, which was really cool. And we had a, we had a chat after it. Cause she didn't know what she, she didn't know that that was such a big deal, but she did it. And the team, you know, rallied around that in the moment. I'm like, Kayla, that was great. Like, don't ever forget that moment. Like that was great. You led that play and it developed and then you, you made the out and everybody can learn from that now because nobody had any idea to get the ball to first base. So I thought that was really cool. And I'm just going to keep, you know, harping on little moments like that. So she doesn't lose sight of, you know, the impacts, like you, you said it with your daughter, like when you see it in, in the moment and we had an episode on feedback, like you have to do it in the moment as clear as you can so that, that it, that it clicks. Um, Sometimes it won't, which is fine. Feedback can either be, you know, listened to or thrown away even at a five or six year old's level. But um, but, I mean, we talk about all the time. I mean, feedback is a gift, right? And um, what we talk about all the time is that SBI model, it's situation, behavior and impact. So you give feedback in the moment, you know, because something happens now. You say two weeks from now, people lose context. Right. But you talk about. This is what happened. This was the behavior exhibited, uh, whether it's positive or negative, and this is the impact it had on me and or the organization. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw it out there just from a teaching perspective. But no, you know, just going back to your story, that's a lot of hand-eye coordination for kids that age. So that's, that's a win and all in itself. Yeah, and it was like maybe five minutes of telling her beforehand, hey, if you get the ball, throw it that direction. And she did it. It was it was really cool. So proud, proud dad moment for sure. Oh, yeah. One of a future of about a million, I'm sure. So looking yeah, forward so to all Yeah, so we're coming up on close here, Stephen. Um, yeah. Now, this was, this was a great topic. Uh, I know we wanted to keep it short, but, you know, once we start talking about our babies and, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it gets away from us. But, hey, so for folks out there that want to share your stories about your firstborns, if you were firstborn and kind of how you were thrusted into that leadership uh, moment, uh, please go to leadershipistricky.com and hit the message chat feature. And, you know, we want to hear your your feedback and your stories. And then, uh, you know, we'll highlight a couple here on one of the episodes here in the future. Uh, for those uh, just joining us, this is your first episode. Welcome. Please go back to, to episode one, season one and catch up. And or if you just want to go back to last week, go back to last week. But um, yeah, Steve, hey, uh, any parting shots? No, just keep in touch with us. We we really love the feedback that's pouring in. And, you know, we just want to we want to be sensitive to what you want to hear. So uh, any ideas are on the table. And that's what's cool about leadership. You know, you can attribute it to anything that happens in your life. So come be a part of our, uh, our thing that's going on here. Cool. All right, you guys have uh, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you guys next week.